What's going on, everyone? My name is Jonathan. I'm the host here at the Venue RX podcast. Today, we are so excited to interview Allie Leave. Allie, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to the Venue RX podcast, where we provide your weekly prescription of tips, tools, tactics, and inspiration to start or grow your wedding and events business. And now, without further ado, our host, Jonathan Amen. All right, Ali. So I am so excited to talk with you and hear a bit of your story. I know we've worked together at, at different points and I have seen you um, recently just like go so hard on social media and be putting out so much amazing content. And that's inspiring to me. And so um, I was excited to be able to get you on the show. And um, yeah, thanks for thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Um, I want to ask you a bit about your story, how you got into photography, how you um, have been doing during this whole time. Obviously, this is completely strange for our industry. Um, but take me back before we get into all of that. And okay. I ask you about, you know, your, your, um, the photography stuff that you do. Take me back. Who is Allie? I don't know, as far back as you want to go college, maybe high school. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so it's pretty funny. I didn't really come from, my family is entrepreneurs okay. all the way, but nobody in my family is like really on the artistic side. Um, and I always knew that I wanted to do something in art, but like didn't really know what medium was for me. Um, so before I went to art school, my parents really pushed a business degree. So first I got my degree in business management, and then I decided to go to school for interior and architectural design. And somewhere along that journey, I ended up finding my passion in photography, specifically weddings. Okay. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of a long story, but it doesn't really make sense. And here I am, and <laughs> really happy that I'm here. Um, I think I really got into photography when I had my daughter. And in order to kind of be in design, it would have been a lot in LA, and it just wasn't really kind of feeding me with like client connections and things like that. So you know, friends started to get married and one thing turned into another and here we are. Is Was there a point that you kind of, you picked up the camera and you said, you know, oh, this is kind of cool and you like messed around with it? Was there that um, yeah. kind of intro period or did you just, you said, I want to be a wedding photographer and you kind of just started studying? No, no. So I kind of started um, playing with a camera like to photograph my daughter and a little bit, you know, things like that before I'd like messed with photography, but not really that much. And when I first started, I kind of, you know, got into everything and I kind of quickly learned that couples and weddings were my favorite. Um, families were fun, you know, photographing kids was fun, but it wasn't the same, you know, weddings are kind of really unique and different. And I just felt like that was where I really clicked. Got it. Makes total sense. So when you uh, did your first wedding, was did you were you super nervous or was it kind of like a friend had you do it? And, and so it was a little bit more relaxed. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was. Um, I was actually like, God, I must have been like six months pregnant with my daughter. Okay. And it was a good friend that I'd grown up with. And she'd asked me to do her wedding. And I showed up with like a clipboard of every shot that I knew that I needed because I was so stressed out about it. Um and made sure that I went down this list and got everything. And it's definitely different now, <laughs> but it's funny to think about. That's so awesome. I feel like um, you probably totally killed it versus someone else who's just like, I'm just going to wing this. Like, um, definitely, I can tell an attention to detail. And something I can see definitely echoes through your work because you're 
your work. For anyone listening to this on the podcast, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, you're going to have to check out Ali's stuff. We're going to put links to all that in the description as well as um, she'll shout it out at the end. But um, yeah, I wanted to ask you, in, in your opinion, yes, the big question, obviously COVID has impacted our industry in completely just absolutely nuts ways. I mean, this industry is kind of sort of recession proof, um, you know, and I've been talking to different different guests who, are, who have been on here. This is not a recession we're in, it's a pandemic and it really stands for everything that weddings and events are yeah. not about. So in your opinion, what should vendors be doing, photographers be doing? How should they be spending their time right now? It's so hard. My heart goes out to the vendors a lot. Um, you have to keep trying to grow right now because eventually this is going to be over. And, you know, with all of the weddings that were postponed and pushed back, that's portfolio work for next year. So I've been really, you know, taking more on my plate and pushing myself to do styled shoots and do things where I'm continuing to grow my craft, continuing to price position myself so that when we come out of this, my growth still makes sense. And I didn't stay stagnant and continue to evolve and kind of also be really resilient with how packages and things change. Um, that That's like a whole other side of it. But, you know, weddings are, are changing. Some are the same, some will come back, but you have to continue to kind of grow with what's happening right now and still creatively feed yourself too. Mm-hmm. How, how are you doing that? And actually I want to ask before, before we even get there, um, was there an emotional part of this where you started realizing, oh my gosh, I, I'm getting quite a few cancellations. Cause I know I remember back in March for our business, it was like a couple people canceled for April and you were kind of like, oh, it's going to be fine. And then like end of March, April, it was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I'll cry. It's like super emotional. (laughs) Um, What's hard is, you know, we've moved 73 weddings to next year. And some of those people we've moved four, five times and our heart has broken with them. And the way that we've, you know, tried to like tread that water and handle that then back in March and April is kind of different than how we're handling it now. Because at first, you know, when you're moving a few of them, it's like, okay, I can pull those to 2021. That's fine now taking all of our 2020 income into 2021, but still needing new bookings, that's been really challenging, mm-hmm. really challenging. Just anecdotally, do you see a lot of um, wedding photographers, um, you know, people who are in the industry with you, do you see them kind of staying and sticking with what they're doing? Do you see kind of a bit of an exodus with some of the vendors? Um, what's kind of your experience there? I think photographers, you know, we don't have like the venue overhead and things like that. So I think it's a little bit easier in that sense for us to kind of adapt. Um, I've had conversations with a lot of close photographer friends of mine of like, what are we going to do? You know, we can pivot to other sessions, things like that. But on the financial side, it's it's not the same to support you as a wedding would be. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm seeing a lot more venues, vendors, close yeah. photographers, maybe a few, a lot of them moving out of state. Um, yeah, it's challenging. I've definitely seen photographers who normally would be kind of in this area or the Southern California area who are now, you know, shooting in Arizona or maybe yes. Texas or Nevada places. Cause in California, we've had a very dramatically different 
experience, I think, yes, with the different lockdowns than we've had that, that there'd be other places in the country. Um, when you first got involved, how long have you been uh, a, photographer, a photographer? So like professionally focused in weddings, six years. Okay. So during the past six years that you had, um, I feel like we started our businesses kind of similar, similar timing, 2015. Yeah. Um, that's when we started as well. And we kind of saw some pretty consistent growth over those, that six year period, right? Yeah. And 2020 was going to be in this amazing year. And then it was yes. like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What, um, what do you think is going to be an essential thing for any new photographer coming in the industry to know, because this is not, you know, certainly there are plenty of people who in the 2008, 2009 kind of economic crisis that we had, um, there are people who went, who got laid off, who got fired, whatever, and then pivoted into a creative industry. Um, for anyone thinking about that now, what do you think are some, some important things for them to know as they kind of are picking up their camera for the first time? Yeah. God, there's so many factors in that question. Um, honestly, build your portfolio. Keep keep pushing. Yeah, I think that it's a, really hard for a lot of people to market and you know put that financial investment out right now. But Instagram really does wonders. You know, posting consistently, um, especially as a photographer, I work really hard on my Instagram to make sure it's very cohesive and my color patterns and all of these things, so everything looks really seamless or try really hard. Um, and that's free. That's something you can do that's free. And people look at that as like a living portfolio. And so even if you don't have a lot of real work right now, just kind of really honing in and focusing on like, what is your brand? Who are you? Use this as a developmental time to build, you know, a relationship with your audience to kind of see who is following you and how you can be creative and continue to reach them on these free avenues. Totally. And that's actually something that I've admired so much about you and what I've seen from um, all the content that you've been pushing out, where I've seen other people kind of pull back a little bit more, I think, um, mm -hmm. really seeing you push in. When you have all of the things that you're dealing with, being a mother, um, mm -hmm. you know, shooting the maybe the micro weddings or some of the smaller things that are, you know, that you're working on right now plus posting, how do you find time? Do you delegate some of the social media stuff? Like how do you make that happen practically? I'm the worst delegator. That is something I really need to work on. Um, you know, there's ebbs and flows of things and it's it's been hard with managing a lot of these bride change phone calls because that requires a lot of time, energy, empathy, compassion, resiliency, all these things. Um, but I am a big believer in like Instagram scheduling. So I will kind of block out days to go on, load all of my content, sort it out, schedule it and kind of map, you know, what's coming. And it's all about momentum on Instagram. If I found that if I go quiet for like a few days, things just fall off, inquiries fall off. You don't hear anything, likes go way down, et cetera. Um, so finding time for that is something that I do really prioritize. Sometimes, you know, it's one in the morning when my child is sleeping and it's just quiet in the house or, you know, sometimes it's during the day and kind of getting as much in as I can. I like to kind of plan like a month out and have that dialed. Got it. That's incredible. And I feel like um, actually scheduling that time and then sticking to it is 
totally different. I know I'm just speaking personally here. It's so easy. You like block the time, like, oh, I'm going to do it then. And then stuff comes up. Life comes up. Totally. Like, oh, like it's too late or whatever. So kudos to you for, you know, even at 1am when your child's sleeping. Thank you. (laughs) All the coffee. Sometimes, you know, it's only like a few days in a row, but I really, I really try. And that's kind of pushed me to keep doing style shoots and like continually think on like trends that are coming. Where does my content need to be? And just pushing in that sense. So I want to ask you about you. You mentioned being a mother and your child sleeping and one in the morning. Mm-hmm. How do you juggle being a mom and mm-hmm. you know taking time for your family with your professional schedule? Because obviously, you know, you you spend a lot of time working on your work on what you're passionate yeah. about, but then you want to you want to have that balance. How do you make that happen? And I just want to add something to that. I think a lot of people who may be listening who always thought that they'd love to be a photographer or they're thinking of kind of doing something else, they might have in their mind a little bit of an excuse like, oh, I have, I have a, you know, a child or a couple of children, or I, you know, um, uh, you know, my family doesn't live nearby or, you know, some of those different things. What would you say to that? So I'm a single mom and it is all on me. Um, and that's, that's a blessing because I would not be motivated the way that I am if that wasn't the case. So for me, there isn't another stream of income. You know, there isn't anything if this fails and pivoting and just really pushing has been the only thing that has gotten me this far. Um, You know, I have an amazing family. My parents are super close. I do not know what I would do without them. I think it takes a village when you have kids. (laughs) Um, And I did, I I just put her in Christian school, which has been like a game changer because she can be back at school, which is what she needs and what I need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you, have, did you find early on that you struggled with balancing your time between yeah. the two or was it kind of a, an easy transition? No, it's still a struggle. <laughs> um, like between the motherhood and, and work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, especially with how long the kids were are home, mm-hmm. that's been really hard. Cause once I kind of get into a flow, you can kind of balance that. But once things you know, go a little heavier in one side, you're constantly just starting around, nothing's getting done. Um, so when I'm in a flow, it's good. You know, a lot of the times, you know, she's, she's number one. So when something comes up, everything just kind of has to, has to change, but you do, you find, you find the time. Mm-hmm. I know we have, um, we have four now. I, had, I, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> and it's um, it's definitely crazy because you know there's so many projects and so many different things that both my wife and I are excited about, but at the same time, you know the kids are home. And fortunately, we actually are still sending them to school up in Temecula, so yeah. they're they're up there. But it's still like when they're home, they're running around. There are projects that still need to be finished, and so it's yeah. like how do you how do you juggle that time? Have yeah. you found anything um, that you could share with everyone that's kind of helped you? I want to say have more patience because it's a total emotional thing, battle, call it, right? Yes. Do you have anything that that you've done that like helps you kind of uh, not completely lose it? I mean, I know I struggle with that. (laughs) (laughs) So like besides wine, no, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) But let's be honest. Let's let's be honest. Um, Wine consumption has gone way up. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. But we're supporting local wineries, so it's good. Exactly. Um, Win-win. You know, I just, you, I just try and roll with it and take a deep breath and remember that I have 
one, like kudos to you. I don't know how you guys do it. I would love to have a house full, but for us, it's, you know, it's just her and I. So I try and just, I make a list, I time block. And once I can kind of see everything that's on that page, I can then reprioritize so that what she needs first, I can handle. And that just changes. I feel like that's, you just got to fly with it as the day goes. That's so true. But then having that schedule in the beginning, and then it sounds like being flexible enough to just, yeah. once you get off track or off the exact yeah. schedule to kind of just say, it's okay, we're going to keep going. And that's constant. You know, that's like that constant reminder that just like wedding timelines, things are fluid. You know, you kind of build the timeline. If something runs behind, you kind of shimmy around and you plan enough that you'll, you'll get there. So typically I kind of, what's really helped me this year is I will make a really big list. I will throw everything out on paper, typically right before I go to bed. So that when I wake up in the morning, I can see everything that's really stressing me out and kind of prioritize. Okay. These ones, you know, have to be done today. This one can get done tomorrow. And breaking it down from that has helped me breathe a lot and kind of have more of a perspective on how much time I'm actually going to need. Got it. Got it. So it sounds like a lot of that um, organization and writing things down from the beginning of your career has really kind of transitioned through. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little different now. I never thought of it that way. That's, that's awesome. Well, you know, this podcast is called the venue RX and we certainly talk to wedding vendors in general, but we definitely have a focus on venues. And so um, of the venues that you've worked at, I'm not going to ask you to play favorites, but <laughs> I do, I do want to know for all those venue owners out there who, who may be listening, are there some things that you feel like the venue can do to um, make it easier on the photographer? Um, oops, sorry. Sorry. I have my phone on do not disturb. Sorry. No, it's totally fine. Um, to make it easier on the photographer. If it makes you uh, feel any better, I literally, if I don't put my phone in airplane mode, somehow all day, very quiet, and then I'll start a call and it's like everyone in the world wants to call me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so things that venues can do to make things easier for photographers. I mean, I think that I always approach wedding day as like we're all a team, whether or not we work together every weekend or not that day we're a team and so open communication and kind of really understanding you know what the venues limits rules things like that are what they need and also vice versa i've always been a photographer both my business partner eric and i that we want to share those images with you you know we want you to have those things we want to make this good for the venue as well um but that communication before is also really important if that makes sense. Totally. hundred percent. So talk to me about that communication. Do you prefer, do you like walkthroughs? Do you feel like, um, you know, you're able to kind of like would a video, if a, if a venue provided kind of like a virtual tour showing you the space, you can kind of have an idea well, of where your shots are going to be. Not so much that I'd say that, you know, some venues, as you know, like will have their own in-house coordinator, that coordinator, and I'll kind of, you know, guide my couples through this, that coordinator will have a schedule. I kind of need some of these pieces to then build a photography schedule. And there's, there's certain things like sunset lighting um, that within that coordinator timeline, we need to make sure that if the couple wants to pop out for 15 minutes for those golden glow photos, that that's not like right in the middle of formalities and, and things like that. So those little things make the day a lot smoother and kind of, you know, understanding 
you know, how early we can be on site. Typically, I don't, you know, need to do a full walkthrough or something. I kind of will always get there early day of if it's somewhere I haven't shot and just kind of, you know, create like that relationship between each other where they know I'm there for the couple, but I'm also like happy to share and be here for you too. Got it. Got it. I have a question about that and just about photography in general, when you're there working with other vendors, specifically videographers. So a lot of times you're trying to capture the same stuff. Is there a secret feud that goes on between photographers and videographers? Everybody asks this question. Like I'll have couples that are like, I'm so sorry, but we did end up getting video. And I'm like, that's good. You should have video. Photos are beautiful, but they're not video. Um, You know, it's personality traits. You're dealing with a lot of creatives who are visualizing shots before they happen and things like that. Again, we have to be a team. So typically we always reach out to video before, you know, let's work together. You tell me what you need. I really like working with most videographers because I like movement in my photos. So when they do those things, I can still get my stills. Um, You know, I think there's a few that are a little more challenging and more structured, but you got to be on the same page. You know, our end result is the same, whether we're delivering video, photo, et cetera. I could say I've, I've had great experiences with video. I feel like that's a very gracious response. (laughs) (laughs) I, I do have a question about getting your shot. So I've seen different videographers and different photographers at different stages in their, their careers, just over the time that we've been working in the event space. And does it take a certain level of boldness or was there a point that you kind of had to get over the fact that you're going to be walking in front of everyone or kind of putting yourself in a very, like you're front and center because you're trying to capture that, that moment right there. Yeah. I mean, I think that that conversation still plays in my head before every wedding. Um, I'm a very introverted extrovert. I (laughs) need to recharge, but once I, like, especially with work, I kind of will flip the switch and can be very on. I am 4'11". I kind of need to make myself known when I'm there, um, especially when it's you know getting family photos, those couple photos. You can't not be assertive. You know you you have to step into those situations during ceremony when it comes to, you know through walking through people and stuff like that. That doesn't really bother me as much anymore. But in the beginning, I think a lot. Um, it is a little nerve wracking, but you have to know what you need, and that takes priority to all of that backseat emotion. Got it. Got it. So was there, uh, did anyone ever like encourage you to do that? Like, was there, cause I imagine maybe the first couple weddings, maybe you, were you a bit more shy? Yes and no, probably. Um, I might've felt, you know, not as confident in my capability or gear or things like that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like you're giving someone their wedding photos So if you need to get that shot, you do. I do try and, you know, use certain lenses to where during intimate moments in the ceremony and things like that, I don't have to get as close that I can kind of do that more from a distance because I don't want to be distracting. Um, So it's kind of a fine line to walk. Totally. Speaking of lenses and gear, what we have to, we've kind of be, be sad if we didn't talk about the gear. Are you Sony, Nikon, Canon? What I feel like a dying breed. I'm, I'm an icon girl. Um, most girls on my team are, are Canon, okay. but, um, I really love the Sigma art lenses. I feel like 
I just started with Nikon. I know that thing like the back of my hand, you know, and even when I've gotten newer models and things like that to switch over to something else and not be able to, you know, know exactly what I'm doing without stopping and looking and making sure that that scares me. <laughs> totally. Totally. I, I, uh, we have a little media team here. We just do video and live streaming. Um, but we, we went heavy mirrorless yeah. very early on. So of course it was like Sony cause Sony was yeah. the only option at the time. And then of course, Canon's come out with, with the M50 and, um, some of, some of the other models that are now, you know, mirrorless Canons, yeah. but we've been, We've been a Sony team and I've heard actually, um, I've heard quite a few photographers do shoot on Nikon. Yeah. What, which, uh, which models do you have? I have the 750. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I got two of those and I could upgrade, but I really like it cause it's a lot lighter than the next body model. So my wrist will really start to kill at the end of the day. And that like little bit of weight difference, I feel like makes a big difference for me. Absolutely. I know our video team, they, you know, if they're shooting a long day, you know, one of our guys, when you have the gimbal and then you have the camera and a lot of those rigs, like you start adding things to make it more capable. And then before you know it, you know, you're walking around with 10 pounds, you know, and yeah. killing you. And um, I imagine, especially being, pretty tiny, you know, every little bit definitely does make a big difference. When you're holding that stuff for like eight, 10 hours a day, you know, it's like my shoulder, my arm is like pretty done at the end of the day. But when you finish shooting, is that when, um, do you feel like it's over at that point or is there like this whole other section that's harder? Uh, kind of talk me through the workflow, workflow a little bit. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think a lot of couples see, you know, um, and you guys can probably relate on the venue side, like, like that it's day of service, but there, you know, there's so much that goes in before the wedding is one part of it, but all of our editing starts after and calling through, you know, 4,000 images down to 1700, whatever it is, that is when the real work starts. Uh, yeah. I feel like, um, it's almost the opposite of what we do on the venue side because yeah so much prep work, you know, yeah. 12, 18, 24 months prior. Now you get to the wedding. The wedding, if we've done our jobs right, is almost over just from yeah. the vendor side. With you, it's the other way around. Yes. You've thought through it all, of course, planned everything out, then you shoot it, but then you have a bunch of work. Yes. Is yeah. there a specific timeline that you'd like to hold yourself to as far as getting the photos back to your couples? Yes. I aim for six to eight weeks. Okay. Um, I tell them nine to 12 and this year that's been a little harder, especially as you like wrap like October and like these like really, you know, busy season months, um, and Christmas and all of that. But I definitely editing is the number one thing that can really pile up. And if you don't have a good workflow for that and you let that just kind of stockpile, it gets real serious, real quick. Yep. I so typically after a wedding, I come back, I, you know, load my memory cards, I back them up, I get everything kind of dialed like before I sleep. Um, and then within the first week or so, I will always send out like a highlight gallery okay. of, you know, about 80 to a hundred images to kind of like hold them over. Awesome. So those are some, probably some of the photos that on the venue side we receive or some of the other yes. vendors that are like sneak peeks. Yes. Um, 
when you're, do you kind of have an idea beforehand of photos that you're taking or maybe a wedding that you're taking that you want to try to get published? Or is that something that happens after? Um, it can be both. I mean, you could kind of be in a moment and think, you know, okay, I really am liking this. Um, but typically, yeah, I'd say it's probably in post where you kind of really see the full story come together, especially when you're working for like, or looking for publications, you need kind of a lot more content um, and pulling all of that together. Got it. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. Well, I want to transition to the part of the show we call the wedding wheel. And okay. how the wedding wheel goes, we've got this little fun spinning wheel over here. And so we spin the wheel. Allie is going to then answer the question, but she's going to have a couple minutes to think about her answer. So we're going to spin <laughs> this here in just a second. Then we're going to get into our uh, left at the altar section and the daily prescription, and then we'll come back for her answer. So let's give okay. this Firm. All right. Where is a location that inspires creativity for you? Okay. So that is, that is, Today's wedding wheel question, a location that inspires creativity for you. Um, we're going to get back to that here in just a second, but the next section is uh, the left of the altar section. This is a, a segment of the show where you share with us maybe a mistake or a little oopsie you had or a learning experience or something like that that um, maybe could help our listeners not make a similar mistake, perhaps. Oh God, it's scary. Um, <laughs> <sighs> What am I comfortable sharing? No. <laughs> I know, right? It's a tricky question. You're like, it is. Um, yeah, never format a memory card until you are 100% sure that you are good. That's I was going to ask about that. Have you ever had times where you've like either written over files or accidentally deleted something that you needed? So like knock on all of the wood and everything. Um, I've been really fortunate on my end but let's say at the end of the night my you know assistant second shooter gives me their card i get home i load my card well that takes you know six hours or so i go to bed load her card in the morning might have you know forgotten about that one amidst mom duties and, and other things yep. <laughs> um might have then formatted it which is why everyone on my team is required to shoot in two card slots and hold their card <laughs> until we know that everything is good. Cause that is like, I have anxiety just thinking about that. <laughs> Nobody wants to have to make that call. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a really cool bit of uh, the daily prescription as well for any um, photographers who are out there who are, you know, maybe on their first or second wedding, you yeah. know, double filming on both, uh, oh, that is a must for me. Like, you know, we've got a good group of girls that assist with us. And if you don't have two card slots, it can't happen because something could happen day of one of those cards could go bad. That happens. So yes, two cards always. I have a question. This is, you know, kind of outside of, uh, the, the format here, but it is just what makes a good photographer? Like, um, maybe quality of shots or the quality of gear they're using, but what in your opinion, you know, maybe you look at someone's Instagram as you're looking for someone to work with you. At what point are you like, wow, oh my goodness, they are incredible. Is it a, is it a mood thing? Is it an editing thing later? Is it getting the shot? That's a great question. There's so many amazing photographers and I don't think that answer is the same for everybody. Um, a really good friend of mine, that's, you know, one of my best friends and mentors, um, you know, she's always told me that 
it doesn't, you know, this is such a saturated market. And so what I've struggled with that I also am continually trying to push through, like with things like today Mm -hmm. is you can have the best gear. You can be super knowledgeable about what you're doing. You could handle posing like a boss. You can, all of those things, but there's a part of yourself that makes that connection with your audience, your clients, your people, and nobody else can have that. That is unique to you. Mm. And when you establish that, I think that that really, I think that that is what makes a good photographer, that relationship, because at the end of the day, anybody can have the gear, anybody can have the education, but it's, you know, that creative aspect with getting to know your audience, your couples, your brand, and kind of being open enough to share yourself because really you're, the people looking to hire you, they want to know you. Mm-hmm. Do you so feel I'm like reaching back to myself? <laughs> oh, and do you feel like that makes a difference to in, in the way that people portray themselves in photos? Because there's certainly yes. maybe a comfortability level that you have to get to. Yes, one hundred percent. So I include engagement sessions in all my packages, and a lot of photographers are like, "That's crazy! You, you know, shouldn't be doing that." Here's why. I hate being in front of the camera more than anybody. Mm-hmm. 90% of my couples will tell me like, we're so awkward. We hate this, da, da, da. You do so many weddings a year. You want to keep that passion for what you do. And the way that I've found to do that is by making an effort to get to know what makes my couple unique and making that the game. You know, there's timeless poses. There's things that will work on everybody. But when you take time to, you know, be aware of somebody's insecurities, be aware of how they see themselves in front of the camera and you build this rapport with them before their wedding, the wedding day is easy. They trust you, you know them, you're less anxious as a photographer because you know that you're going to deliver something amazing to them. Um, I, I don't know. Sorry, I kind of went on my tangent. <laughs> no, I love that. That's I, I think that's some of the best advice you've given this whole time, like just taking the time to really understand who your couple is and people have in their head things that maybe are not even true. Yes. Right. Well, you know, we all see ourselves through our own lens Yes. and so I might see you as this way and say, Oh my gosh, you're gorgeous. Like, what are you even worried about? But that's not the question. Mm -hmm. The question is what are you insecure about and why talk to me about that so I can understand. And so that when I'm posing you, even though I think you're beautiful all the way around, I am aware of that because at the end of the day, these are your images. Mm-hmm. You see yourself this way mm-hmm. and we can work through some of that, but I want you know a good chunk of that to be what I know you're going to like. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have been maybe even told different things growing up like, oh, you know, you should post your left side or to your right side because whatever, or, you know, your eye kind of looks fun. And so they're going to have yeah. these things in their head of like, oh my God, I have to be one way or the other. You, yeah. if you didn't do that background work and you wouldn't know that now all of a sudden you're going to put them in a position where they feel awkward and that's going to probably be communicated through yeah. their body language and stiffness and how they are with their partner. You know, you can see it like, you know, we kind of have that conversation as we're leading up to the engagement session and within the first 15 minutes or so, you kind of watch like body language move and shoulders kind of relax and, and laughing happen. And that's when you know, you're setting yourself up for success in that moment. And they kind of realize that the time to take out and do these engagement sessions is really important mm-hmm. because we don't often do photo sessions. It's a very, you know, we should, yeah. but it's a lot to get ready for and do Absolutely. all that. 
Absolutely. And mo- and by the way, I just want to say thank you so much for being on this show. You said you hate being in front of the camera. More than <laughs> this is just all camera. So yeah, thank you. I, you're, you're a rock star for coming on here, but um, we should go back because I am excited to hear your answer. Uh, where is a location for you that inspires creativity? And it maybe doesn't have to be a physical location, but maybe like, where is it for you that you go mentally or physically that really helps kind of give you that spark, that creative spark where you have energy that you feel like, wow, and you're ready to go again. Traveling, which has been like really hard this year. Um, I I love to travel, you know, weekend trips, things like that. I feel like that's when I feel like I can actually disconnect and be present somewhere. And so when I'm home, I'm in work mode and just getting out of the house, whether that's like a day at the beach, whatever. I feel like that's kind of when I like regroup and start thinking about you know, being inspired of what's next. Mm-hmm. I love that. So beach is probably, and beach, the beach is still, you know, available, accessible yeah. to yeah. us here in, in Southern California. I know different beaches have tried to close, but you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll find the ones. <laughs> find the one, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Huntington, they seem to not have closed anything down ever. Um, yeah. That that whole area. But anyway, all right. Well, Ali, I appreciate your time. The last part of our um our show here is the honeymoon phase. And this is a section where, you know, if the audience wants to connect with you, if someone's coming on this show and, you know, maybe they're listening and they're really excited about connecting with you about taking their photos. um, Can you tell us a little bit about specifically, so do you just do weddings? Do you do family photos? Do you do, I know there's like boudoir, there's uh, Mm -hmm. all sorts of different, you know, um, graduation stuff. Tell us a little bit about your business and where people can connect with you. Yeah. So, you know, I'm on Instagram, Golden Arrow Photo, or online at goldenarrowphoto.com. Follow this uh, woman. Seriously. I'm not just saying that. Her photos are gorgeous. And I I yeah. contacted you because you just kept posting all this amazing content. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, either the Instagram algorithm was just trying to put us together or <laughs> or something. But I'm like, I've got to talk to Allie. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Just- I'm so inspired by watching you and everything that you post. So, thank you. Um so I do, you know, I mainly market for weddings. That's just kind of like where I'm really happy. Um, I take a lot of other things on. I love doing boudoir. That's a, that's a whole other topic of how to market for that, that I need to learn more about. Um, I was going to say, speaking of like vulnerability and that comfortability and actually connecting with people, I feel like that is like the most, you know? Oh, and those sessions are so fun because I've had women who have just, completely done them for themselves and taught me so much about confidence that those sessions are really fun. So typically, you know, those are things I do with my brides here and there. I kind of will add them on. Um, I do a lot of family stuff for the couples I've already had. I'm always open to doing family stuff. It kind of just comes down to availability. Totally. So are you, are you pretty booked up? Is it hard to, uh, hire you? How can people hire you? You know how the date game is going right now for next year. Um, yep. We definitely have availability, but next year is pretty packed. We'll Got see it. how that goes. <laughs> so 20, 2022 is a strong play if, if people are looking looking for yeah, you. We're like booking out 2022, which is great. So I'm on the knot. Um, I think that's where a lot of my couples come through or like really great vendor referrals and, you know, past couple referrals. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Ali, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're awesome. Um, you. I hope everyone goes and follows you and checks out your work. And thanks for 
sharing with us a little bit today. Um, I want to ask you one last thing before we, okay. before we go. Actually, I'm going to say two things. Okay. Is there a photographer that you followed that you were just inspired by their work, that you love their work? I mean, it can be something as cliche, dare I say, as like Peter McKinnon or, yeah. you know, something very indie. Uh, is there a photographer that is like, that you're very impressed with? Sue Bryce, which is not my style at all, um, which will like throw people off that do follow me and know who that is. Um, she's an amazing human. And the first year I went to WPPI, the photographer conference, I saw her speak and it literally changed my life. And so I am just in awe of her and who she is as a person and what she creates and what she comes up with. I would love to take time to get into more of those like heavy portrait sessions that she does. She's amazing. Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. I'm going to go look her up now because I'm, I'm really cool. and she's uh, fun to listen to. She's got a really good Australian accent. <laughs> that always is the best. Yeah. And, uh, I just did a podcast with Steve Sims the other day and he has uh, an English or maybe it's Irish accent and just like, I'm captivated the whole time. You're like, keep talking. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the last question I had was, is there a tool or a kind of some go-to piece of tech, something that's in your bag, something that's in your, you know, pouch or whatever you are carrying with you. Is there some go-to piece of tech that you you use all the time without fail and, you know, you couldn't imagine doing what you do without it? Like on wedding day or just... Yeah, on wedding day. Like uh, um, I know for just editing some of these podcasts, you know, like card readers, fast card readers are important. Like... St- stuff like that. Is there anything that you would, uh, you kind of, is like your go-to thing? I mean, I feel like my camera. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, um, I think a lot of like the more things like that, that I couldn't live with would be on like the post side, you know, like laptop, fast card readers, 100% and like applications, things like that. Are there, is there any software speaking of applications like software, calling software, anything like that, that you use that is just like a game has been a game changer for you? Honestly, it's the Instagram scheduler. That seems like such a lame thing to say. Um, you know, I edit everything in Lightroom. I call while I'm editing and, you know, having an online host like Pixie set to like send galleries, things like that. But I feel like those are really lame answers. No, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Cause a lot of people maybe who are just getting into this, you know, yeah. if they're listening to this, the best thing about this content is, you know, as we created it, it's evergreen and it stays there. And then you know, people, some, a new photographer who's just shot their first or second wedding and is like, oh my God, like everyone else that I've seen seems so natural. I feel like a little shy, a little nervous. They're going to listen to this and just be like, wow. Uh, and get that inspiration. So thank you again, Allie. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Of course. All right, everyone. Well, we will see you in the next episode.